Welcome to the WEPC Discipleship Podcast, because the gospel changes everything. And welcome back to the WEPC Discipleship Podcast. I am not Joe Brown. Yeah, you're not. Who are you? <laughs> I'm Gordon. I'm the engineer or narrator for this particular episode. Awesome. Uh, I'm Sarah. You, yes, you are Sarah. And you I am Sarah. I'm Elliot. Elliot. And uh, yeah, Joe's on vacation. So yes. classic slacker. Well. <laughs> I text. I texted all of us this morning and forgot that he was on the text string. So and he replied back with a GIF. I'm on vacation, <laughs> which is that. a gift to him. That's right. That's right. I'm but sure I'm... it actually it probably is. Yes. <laughs> oh man. Well, so we are jumping into Acts chapter eight, mm-hmm. uh, one through forty, and um, as is generally the case, we assume that our listeners are reading along with us. And, you know, I don't think we've mentioned since the very episode, we have been using a study guide by John Stott uh, on Acts called Seeing the Spirit at Work. It's got 18 different studies, and I put the link to the book uh, if people are interested in buying this. It's in the link to the show notes if anybody wants to, uh, where it's the link is in the show notes uh, of the episode. So you can you can get that there. And I think actually Joe's got the link to it on the website as well. But yeah, we're jumping into Acts, and we just wrapped up um, the last chapter where you know, we got into um, Stephen's martyrdom and just crazy things beginning to happen with the church, and uh, now we're moving into chapters, uh, chapter 8, and this is where I know the, the Bible is for, for real, is true, because nobody's going to write a chapter in a book that starts with, Saul agreed with putting him to death. Yeah. <laughs> if your if your goal is to motivate and inspire a group of people, like that doesn't do much <laughs> to motivate or inspire anyone. It's it's a pretty harsh way to start out a chapter, but um we get into really sort of the the great dispersion of the church here. Mm. Um Philip heads out on his journey uh to Samaria and then down to Ethiopia. Um we see people converted and very, and it's, you know, it's, there's a very interesting thing that's happening here because in chapter one, Jesus proclaims that these guys are going to take the gospel. They're going to take his message to all of Judea and Samaria. And, you know, we're getting into a situation where we would think that, okay, guns a blazing, we're going to go take the gospel rah, rah. But the way it happens is, uh, through Stephen's martyrdom and through persecution, and the church is scattered. Um, and by doing so, actually, the gospel begins to spread, uh, mm-hmm. which, you know, is such an interesting way to think about the gospel spreading through persecution and, and really, like, just trauma. I mean, this is, this is rough. This is rough stuff. People are being murdered. Um, Saul is taking up the... Uh, the role of persecuting the church. Um, mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And Gordon, I thought what was really interesting was in John's book, he made the point of like, this was the opposite effect of what the devil wanted. Mm-hmm. He figured yes. by persecuting Stephen, uh, that would end Christianity mm-hmm. right in its beginning. Yeah. And in fact, to your point earlier, and I think we made this point last week, was isn't it unbelievable that God can use something like Stephen's death to do ultimately what God had called him to do in Acts 1, mm-hmm. which is to go share the gospel, not just um, in that little community, but to the ends of the earth, basically. Right. So yeah. I, I just said it's so funny to like think of like Jesus. I mean, uh, the devil's probably like, yes, I've got the perfect plan. I'm going to rile up these people in their hearts and they are going to kill Stephen and this is going to kill Christianity and it's going to end right there before it even really begins. Right. And uh, God uses that to, you know, further his kingdom. So Mm -hmm. I just said, I didn't mean to cut you off, buddy. Go ahead. No, it's super remarkable that, that like the heart of the gospel and the, um, the way that it has moved on is through, is through something that looks crazy to the world. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think even the fact, I think ever since Joe was talking last week about for Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth, I've been thinking about that because I needed like a translation in my head. So I thought like, okay, my family, maybe like the people I despise. (laughs) And then to the, that's, that's like the way that like, God's like, this is for everybody. Um, but that would be, a um, you know, our, like to love Samaria, like which we're going to get into here in this chapter is, is hard. Like, okay. It's one thing for me to like love the people that are, you know, around me that are like me, Judea, right? Like the, I feel like that's more like family community, that kind of thing. Although sometimes that can be hard too. Hmm. Um, but then for people that like have some real hostility between each other or, mm-hmm. you know, to share the gospel with them, it seems like, no, no, this is our thing. We've been God's favorite people for a long time. Why would I want to share this apart from like, when you have a love of Christ in you, you're like, no, it's like, well, of course I want everybody to have this. Cause there's like infinite amount. Like it's not, but it feels like a, you have to keep it for yourself cause it's so great. And I think that's kind of what I've been thinking about this week with the Simon fellow, the magician, cause mm-hmm. there's something about it that where he's like, can I capitalize on this somehow? Cause it's limited or something. I don't know. Like there's something I can do with it. Um, apart from the spirit doing his work in us, like we have really weird ways of dealing with the power of God. And, um, yeah, anyways, I'm just, I'm just, uh, processing, but I think it is remarkable. Yeah, absolutely. I find the story of Philip going to Samaria so interesting and it, it has a lot of implications, I think, you know, with a lot of the things that are going on in the church today. I mean, with the division, um, the strife, the problems that the church has been experiencing lately, um, and that, you know, the, the gospel brings these two opposing groups of people together um, through the message of the gospel. And, I mean, I was just reading this morning because I you know, I'm not a historian. I know Joe loves history, and so he just eats this stuff up. He's also studied it professionally. But <laughs> <laughs> but I was just looking it up in terms of, like, the Sumerians, and, you know, I did not realize that when, I guess, the 12 tribes 
split up, like most of them went to Samaria. Mm-hmm. Only two of them remained, I guess, quote unquote, loyal to Jerusalem. Um, and that's such a, a massive split. And they, they basically, and I think this is interesting when you think about the Sam- Samaritans who became believers and the, uh, the eunuch who becomes a believer, you know, they don't believe in the prophets. They're, they're only following the, the books of Moses. It's, it's super interesting to me uh, that, you know, the first place that, that God goes to in the world to bring people together are, you know, are the Sumerians. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I just I, I think that's so interesting, um, the way he brings the, the people of God together before we, before we really start to move out to the rest of the world. I don't know. Just a thought. This chapter is heavy on evangelism. So my first question is, do you see yourself as an evangelist? I do. And I think I really believe every Christian is called to be an evangelist to an extent. Mm -hmm. And I think, I don't think anyone would be like, oh, Sarah, the evangelist. But I think I am a Christian and I want to share my faith with people and sometimes I'm like Jonah where I'm a little bit not wanting to go in one direction and he's like turning me around to remember and sometimes I'm really eager and excited to share the gospel um, and I feel like this past week has been really encouraging for me I've been able to meet with two girls from another country and um, you know just get to know them and walk alongside them. And it's been, it felt like ministry in a way that felt like international ministry stuff that I've done in the past. And it kind of brought back that like, okay, God is still on the move. He still wants his name proclaimed, obviously. And the kingdom is, um, is on the move. Like I can share the love of Jesus with people mm. right mm. here, right now in my own hometown. And, um, cause we all, we all need it. Like the whole world. Um, but it, it was really exciting for me, and I felt like the thrill of it, if that makes sense. And I think if you are tentative about that, like if you're listening and you're like, I don't know, that sounds weird, I would just say pray about it and ask the Spirit to help you um, just just take one step to share the love of Jesus with somebody. It, it's not it's, – it's like walking alongside somebody and like being um, a friend and, and saying the truth to them. It's like it's it's just so – I don't know. It's scary a little bit when I do it. Like, I'm like a little nervous. And then I'm like, well, what am I nervous about? Like I have Jesus with me and it's the one thing everybody needs. Like, <laughs> does that make mm-hmm. sense? So, yeah, yeah. I think I'm a tentative person in general. So that's why I'm like, Ugh. but God uses us tentative people too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yes. Elliot, how about you? Um, yeah, I think, uh, that has always been on the forefront of, of my f- walk with the Lord. Right. Um, just through, you know, being a young life leader, obviously that ministry is all about evangelism. Um, and then on being on committee with young life. Um, I also feel like, um, my job and what I do, uh, is one in which I come across all different kinds of people. Um, I, I, I get to see the whole world in terms of, um, helping people buy and sell houses. And I get to meet all kinds of different people who don't know me from Adam or Eve until they do. And, um, 
yeah, I feel like I tried the best I possibly can to look like Jesus to them and to pray with and for them. And um, so, yeah, I think that I definitely see my job is not just one of helping people buy and sell, but it definitely is a sense of like, can I look like Jesus to be people? And, and cause you know, do I fail often? Yeah, absolutely. I do. But I, by hope in the midst of it, they get a little sense of this guy's got something different about him. Mm. It's a little bit different about the way he approaches this. And once again, do I fail often? <laughs> yes, I do. But um, hopefully I repent and, um, yeah, I get a sense of like I get to tell people about Jesus in the way – not only in the way that I try to conduct myself in my business, but I think there are definitely times where I physically say the name of Jesus and I pray for people and we talk about, hey, God is for you in this process. Like, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I do sense that there's a sense of evangelism in my life and that's been something I've been you know, sort of about since 1996 when I became a believer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. How about, How about you, Gordo? You know, it's funny when I when I read this question uh, in the study guide, I, I my first thought was just like, I'm terrible at that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I I know there are other people who feel like that. Like it, yeah. I know that in Scripture, you know, we're, there is the Great Commission, right? Where just if you were a believer, your job is to preach the good news mm-hmm. um, to to whoever. And I, I love that both of you see this as a as something that you just – it's a part of what you do, whether you're at work, whether you are in uh, in work with kids or church or whether you're selling homes. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. But I, I think sometimes I feel like, well, you know, I'm not really gifted in that area. Like that, there are definitely people who seem to be gifted like for evangelism. Um who have a real gift of of that, and and it's it's sometimes I'm like I'm definitely not yeah I'm not gifted like that, hmm. um, but there have definitely been times throughout my life where I've had you know the God has put me in a situation, put me in a conversation, placed me in a situation where you know uh, the Spirit just gets to work. <laughs> you don't have a choice whether you feel like you're gifted or not, and and. Um, you just have to trust that God is going to do his work um, mm-hmm. and it's not up to you. I, I think so often in those situations, I feel like it's up to me to convict people of their sin. And the truth is that's, that's, that's the Holy Spirit's work, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I think it might be a sign if you feel really confident that you might need to, <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, I mean, unless yeah. it's in the, that you have in Christ, like if right. it's for me, it, if, if, if I feel confident in myself, like, those are the worst days. But when mm-hmm. I, I feel like God just is like, see, let me show you what I can do. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. of course. Right. Right. That, yeah. But mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Cause I think a lot of people feel that way. And I've had conversations with people where they're just like, I don't even want to try. Cause it's like, I'm not gifted at all. And I'm like, well, take one step, take one step. Like, I just want to encourage anyone to, cause I think this is where I, like, I came into college and I was like, I feel like there's something important about sharing my faith, but that seems really scary. And I remember I got invited to, like, an evangelism training, and I was like, I don't know about that. And someone was just like, just come, just, like, see what it's about. And I was like, okay, because I was convinced if I, somebody told me the love of Christ, they took a risk to do that, right? Like, how, like, what would it cost me 
to share the love of Christ with somebody, like the good news. And I just felt like that is bigger and more important than whatever, like, hesitation I have. And I, and I still struggle with this. Like, we still, like, this is the thing. I don't know. It. I just want to encourage you to pray about it and, like, I don't know, take a step of sharing mm-hmm. Jesus with somebody. But there, yeah. there's different ways to do it, too. I mean, there's, like, ways, like, people can, like, you know, beat a Bible on somebody. And I don't think that's as effective as being with somebody and being their friend and sharing the truth. Like, yeah. Yeah. Personally. But yeah. I don't know. It's just really and, depending on the spirit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I, I feel like <clears throat> we've definitely had opportunities here in our sort of little world here off of Pemberton road <laughs> to be able to just like be good neighbors and yes. to be a listening ear to care for our neighbors and to be able to be a light, uh, you know, not, not the, um, the person shouting down the street, but somebody who can be a light and be a, a friend and hopefully share the gospel in that way as well. Um, and it's funny. I was just trying to think too, like, Growing up, growing up, there was there seemed to always be these people what on TV or the radio or whatever who were like the quote unquote evangelists of the day. And I'm trying to I'm sitting here racking my brain. I don't think anybody like that is really out there these days. But I, maybe I'm wrong. Are there are there people like that right now? I don't think there are. I I just think of like the old school like Billy Graham's and yeah. uh. I don't even know. Like, there's a handful of people back in the '80s and in the '90s um, Pat doing was, that. Pat stuff. Robertson, yeah, Pat Robertson out in Virginia Beach. But I don't think mm-hmm. I don't know of anybody who does that anymore. But I Maybe think that's sort of like it's characterized as evangelism, right? Right, and I think that's like we put it in a box of like that's what it looks like, and it's I don't think it looks like that. Right, right. <laughs> there, are, yeah, there are only a few Billy Grams out there. Yeah. All right, so. We're moving into the story, um, and in this chapter, uh, you know, obviously there's an early command from Acts 1-8 from Jesus to be witnesses in Judea and Samaria, and that is literally being fulfilled at this point. Um, what are some of the causes and extent of the spread of the gospel at this point? We see Philip going down to Samaria and proclaiming Christ to the people. Um, I love this. It says the crowds with one accord paid attention (laughs) Mm -hmm. and they saw, and he was able to perform like signs and like to help unclean spirits come out of people. And, um, those who were paralyzed or lame were healed. And I love the end of this little section. It says, so there was much joy in that city. Mm -hmm. There's things happening that is miraculous. Um, through, yeah. you know, through Philip, and that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When when I was reading this, I my thought was, wow, this this feels like a very um, Jesus like ministry of walking into this area and then mm. doing signs, miracles. There, there's spiritual warfare. People are being you know, evil is being cast out of people. They're screaming as they come out. Right. Um, people are being healed. 
There's preaching going on. Um, mass amounts of people are becoming believers at once. It just feels very Jesus. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, like, what would and, that be like? I mean, to see that, I mean, that joy at the end of seeing all that, like, wow, like this explains there is more going on behind the scenes, right? There is mm-hmm. spiritual battle and wow, you know, I, like, how could you see that and not believe? I feel like, yeah, <laughs> but right. Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. Well, and I, I think too, the, the, I, the reference to joy, I think is, is so interesting to me, just understanding the history behind this, you know, with the split and um, mm-hmm. that the level of hatred that uh, there was between these two mm-hmm. um, and that Philip, a Jew, is going here and doing this. And there must have been a deep sense of reconnection. I, it makes me think of when the um, Berlin Wall came down. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember watching that. Mm-hmm. Um, and hearing stories, uh, about friends who, and actually a good, one of my best friends from high school, his German teacher at the time in high school, when that happened, it happened in the middle of the day and they rolled in the TVs, uh, into the classrooms and we all got to watch it, wow. uh, while we were in class. And while this was going on, uh, his German teacher started to cry because she had family. Mm. who lived over there, who had family that lived on the other side of the wall. And so when the wall came down, there was just people were walking through for the first time and, and wow. having, you know, getting to see family members and relatives and, and things like that for the first time. And there was just this intense amount of joy. People are sobbing and bawling. It's just incredible. And I, I imagine it must have been something like that. Because um, I would imagine there's maybe there were uh, people who had relatives who, lived in that area um people yeah. were people would avoid that that area when traveling so um the level of joy that must have been occurring at that moment was must have been incredible yeah i yeah can you imagine the enemy like being like i did not expect this <laughs> <laughs> right i didn't see that coming <laughs> i think too just like probably a level of joy in heaven right Mm. Yeah. I mean, Jesus had two examples of, you know, the one of the wells of Samaritan. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. And then just um, the uh, the guy who was on the side of the road, right? There's two different um, yeah. stories in which he, you know, he loves those people and is for those people. And so I think it's a great – I bet you there was great joy in heaven at that moment in which the gospel was not only someone took a leap of faith and went and preached the gospel to people who they weren't like, um, and there was immense hatred for, and that they looked down upon. Mm-hmm. And um, mm. yeah, not, not only was it preached, it was heard. And, and to Sarah's point, there was great joy in the city and there was lots of converts. I imagine there was a great celebration in heaven that day mm. when that happened. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know much about Philip, but I wonder what made him be like, okay, that's where my place is to go. Like, had he been I guess the only thing is the or... Holy Spirit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just, it's funny. Like, I was telling the youth group last week, I was like, I really want to talk about mission this summer because 
we're all called to mission in some capacity. Like each of us as people who are saved by Christ are called to love people. And, but we're going to be called differently, right? Like there's different ways that we get to use, you know, our, our gifts, our body, our situation, our family, like all these different things. But isn't it cool to see the story of like different people and how they're called and, so, you know, Philip, this is where he was called to go. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just curious about his life. And uh, I don't know, it makes me want to know more about his story. That's all. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting, too. I, You know, he the whole reason he went because of, was because of the persecution. Because it says in verse 4, So those who were scattered went on their way, preaching the word. Philip went down to a city in Samaria, Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah to them. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's so interesting that it says that he preached the Messiah. It didn't say he preached the good news or the way or mm-hmm. any. He preached Jesus mm-hmm. to the Samaritans, um, and there was nothing else. Uh, right. It, it makes me. It makes me think about how often when we have opportunities, are we preaching Jesus? Or are we preaching, uh, you know, the law? Are we preaching? Um, a good mm-hmm. life, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, change your life. Um, stop do it living this way and live that way. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know. So I think it's interesting. I wanted to, at this point, kind of like, because I feel like there's two sort of big stories that happen here. You've got the sorcerer. So there's this magician who becomes a believer up in Samaria in Samaria. And then you also have the, the eunuch who becomes a believer. Um, both become believers because of uh, Philip and his uh, his work and his preaching, but super different. I and I I wanted to kind of I wanted to kind of get a sense of what you guys thought about this. I I just kind of jotted down some notes. On the one hand, you've got Simon. Um, I would assume to a certain degree Philip is using scripture, but I'm assuming with the Samaritans, he's probably using the uh, the Pentateuch. Is that how you say it, Pentateuch? Uh, sure. the, the books of Moses. But for the most part, just that all we know is he just preached Jesus to these folks. With the eunuch, he used scripture because there was an opportunity to kind of work through Isaiah. But there's signs, there's miracles, there's, um, yeah, there's they don't believe in the prophets. Um, the eunuch is reading a prophet. I just think it's very different. You know, it's very interesting. There's deep spiritual warfare that's going on that's talked about uh, in the uh, this transformation of these folks as they believe the gospel. The eunuch is – it's just very different. It's a whole different type of um, evangelism, I guess you could say, in certain ways, right? I mean there's so many different ways that, that uh, evangelism is done. Um, there's relational, you know, working with mm-hmm. your neighbors, being a, sort of a good neighbor. There's also – you know, young life every Thursday night or whatever <laughs> night, you know, and you're getting up in front and you're literally preaching the gospel to a bunch, a room full of kids. Cause you've got their attention for the next 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I don't know what, I'm just curious. What do you think? I just think it's interesting. You have two very different stories of the gospel being preached, uh, and, and two different types of evangelism that are, seem to be occurring here. I think it's so interesting too because you know you think of some people and to your points like some people are have the gifts of getting in front of a crowd and you know billy graham type situation and there's 
someone, you know, Gordon Moore like yourself might be more reserved and might just be able to really, you know, love your neighbor and tell them about Jesus. And and both are glorifying of the Lord. There's no mm-hmm. there's no difference in that at all. But I what I think is really interesting is that he has the great ability to do all kinds of different types of evangelism. It's just, it just feels like the Holy Spirit really uh, mm-hmm. worked in him, and uh, the Lord gave him a great ability to to not only speak in front of a crowd, but also just talk to one man, to meet them where they're at, to talk just Jesus to Samaria, and to talk old scriptures with um, the the eunuch from Ethiopia. So I, I thought it was an interesting, like mm-hmm. just the wide variety of in which he was gifted. And gifted, obviously, by the Holy Spirit and by the Lord, but it also challenges me to think, um, do I really pray or think about ways in which when I go to evangelize, do, do I actually pray? Like, how could I reach the Ethiopian? Like, I, I, clearly what I told those other guys is not the way in which um, mm-hmm. the gospel would be most uh, most proclaimed to the Ethiopian. It would be a totally different message. Not not that G- Jesus ultimately is the message, and, and that and right, and sure, he definitely speaks to. I use the scriptures, old scriptures, to point him towards Jesus. So I'm not. That's not my point. But just the fact that he had the ability to think through the different audiences and what would need to be uh, conveyed to the different audiences. Mm-hmm. So that the gospel could be proclaimed, and 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 I'm certainly not pointing to his greatness. I, I'm, I know that that the Holy Spirit worked in him to be able to do that. Um, but I just think also as as we as believers, how 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 um how familiar I am with old scripture. Can, can I quote that? Can I use that to point to this great narrative that the, the Lord has been Jesus has been a part of the Old Testament as well as the New Testament? Not just he didn't just come about you know, mm-hmm. in the, the first book of the new Testament. Right. So, right. right. Anyway, I, I'm rambling, but yeah. I, no, I, no. Yeah. No, I, I like that you said that like just the different ways, but I was thinking as Philip is this evangelist here. Um, there's so much that he's just showing up and God is providing, right? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. even with the Ethiopian eunuch, it starts with now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, rise and go. And so he's like, okay, mm-hmm. I got to go. This is obedience, you know? And um, and even thinking about the the magician, Simon, um, there there's almost like a, there's a little more, you see a little bit more of the sanctification of him. Like he's, he's becomes a believer and so do other people. But then like he decides that he thinks money needs to happen and like how does he say it he's like (laughs) right you know it's like can i get some money because this is good power like you know (laughs) and they're like no you need to repent and he's like oh my gosh okay like pray for me that 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 your god would not do that to me you know so it's like it's something you're you're seeing this progression of things whereas the eunuch is kind of like oh i you know this he shows up he talks to him about the scriptures he's like there's water. Let me get baptized now. Let's go. Like, it's mm-hmm. like this. So it's just funny, like the way that people respond to the power of the gospel. Um, and obviously, yeah, the Holy Spirit is the one moving through Philip and in the hearts of these men and just seeing the context of it's so important that we don't feel like there's a formula to this. I think, right. I, I think right. it's, I think it's really important that we, we, Live day by day, go with the spirit, ask him to help us, um, you know, 
available to the people around us. And I don't know about you guys, like I'll be somewhere and I can just tell, like I'm supposed to have a conversation with somebody and I just, I'm like, God, I don't want to have one right now. Like, (laughs) (laughs) like, can I just be open in that moment? You know? And sometimes it's like, I don't know. I had somebody tell me surfing, like you go out in the water and sometimes you just wait for a wave and -hmm. and sometimes you don't get a wave, but then when the wave comes, you better, you know, like just jump up on the board and look up and see what happens. And I I love that you just used a surfing analogy (laughs) to describe evangelism. That's, that's it's, awesome. It's true. I surfed and I was doing this evangelism summer thing and I like went surfing that summer and they were telling us this and I was like, oh my gosh, that sounds so corny. And then I like caught a wave and I was like, no, this is yeah. like a van. I mean, it's like the thrill of like catching a wave is nothing. It's like the thrill of like having a conversation with somebody and just being open to that. And um, when you guys were talking, I was thinking of a friend of mine. She's from south america and i met her when she was at college and i honestly was just going and like people had filled out surveys and i was just like going up to meet with people who wanted to talk more and i just remember being tired that day and like being like but i've got to do my job here or whatever (laughs) it was Mm -hmm. like and anyways we became really good friends over that time but that day when we when we met she had felt like she was running away from God and she, she was like asked if we could pray together. And then she asked if we could meet every week. And I was like, what? Like, I don't know wow. doing it. You know what I mean? Wow. Like it was just mm-hmm. like, all right. So we got lunch every week together and like through that year, you know, got to talk about Jesus every week and pray together. And I hadn't seen her for like a couple years, probably seven years actually. And I saw her like in 2018 and we got together and she was like, you'll never know what you did for me. And I'm like, wow. So it's like, you just wow. never know what God is doing mm-hmm. in those mm-hmm. moments of like, just being with somebody like planning the, the um, truth in their hearts. Like he's doing the work, but it didn't feel like it for me, especially with, this, with that specific relationship, but it did at first. Like it was like, just go out and like, be with them and like be open. It's like, I don't know. An angel of the Lord said to Philip, rise and go. He's like, okay, okay, let's go. Like, I don't, this is a desert place. (laughs) Like let's go to this desert place and see what happens. Right. And all of a sudden there's this Ethiopian court official person (laughs) that's there. who's very seeking the scriptures. Like, you know, like God is already at work. Right. And you get to participate in that. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Philip, Philip is a great example of this. Of like, hey, you're reading this. This feels too easy. You got. I mean, in a way, like it's like, look, that's Jesus. Do you see? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And I love that you said being able to participate in what Jesus is already doing. Like, mm. uh, such a yeah. great way to think about it. Yeah. The best part about it too is <laughs> I think it's funny, like the rise and go, and that's just a great testament to God, like just following God's like obedience to the Lord, right? Like mm-hmm. he tells us to do something, you just go and you go do it. And that'd be great if we all could do that, right? right. But um, <laughs> what I think is interesting is the Ethiopians, like he is like reading it out loud. Yeah. <laughs> and, right. and so he's like, hey, do you, and, and, he, and the boldness in which is funny to me, he's like, Hey, do you need help understanding that? Right. Uh-huh. Like, I'm like, who? <laughs> like, 
I don't know that I would I would go up and do that to somebody. Yeah. Right. So I yeah. love the boldness in which he's like, "Hey, you are reading this out loud. You obviously need some help, but I'd love to be the one to help you with that." So, yeah. It is amazing like I this made me think of uh one situation that occurred when we all when we all went to Ireland way back in 96 or 97, I can't remember, uh with the church and we went over there and one of the days was sort of this like evangelism day where we just kind of were out in the streets of Dublin and uh the uh, the main guy was uh, sort of doing a little art project kind of thing and kind of preaching the gospel at the same time. And this huge crowd started to form and yeah. people are really interested. And it's a mix of, uh, you know, uh, people from Ireland and then from Dublin and from all over the world. Um, and I'm just standing there listening and we're just kind of there participating. And this older lady, she must have been in her early 60s maybe, um, she walked up next to me and she goes, what is he talking about? Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, well, he's, he's talking about the Bible. And um, she said, oh, I, you know, I, I grew up Catholic and I just gave up years ago. I stopped going many, many years ago. I don't – and she said the reason why is because I just don't understand the Trinity. She said wow. it just never made sense to me. I don't understand how that works. And so that's – like that's why she stopped going to church. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I don't know. I turned to her. I am not a deep theologian by any stretch of the imagination, and I certainly am not the one person on the planet who understands how the <laughs> Trinity operates. But somehow, and I don't even—I'm the can't even remember exactly what I said. I explained it as best I could, and she looked at me and she goes, "Wow, uh, I've never heard it explained like that before. I think I'll go back to church on Sunday." Hmm. Wow. And I was like, what? <laughs> what? Yeah. Gordon I Collier. was like, are you kidding? I was like, that was a moment where I felt like, yeah, uh, I, I, no, I, nobody, ba- barely anybody. There were only a handful of people I could probably think of like RC Sproul who could probably help intelligently describe the Trinity mm. um, or Jonathan Edwards or any of those people. And God. here I am on the street corner in some random spot in Dublin and, and the spirit of God, that's, that was one of those moments where I felt like I participated in something that God mm-hmm. was already at work doing. And, yes. uh, I, I think about that all the time because mm. that was, that, you know, that felt like a miracle to me because I just, it's like me. It really? is. I, um, yeah. but Jesus worked and he it was like, I love that analogy of the surfing. I just just jumped on the board and the wave, you know, Jesus moved. Um, I don't so, know. So. I share that. I share that story just at, at, to say, just be ready because God, God's going to put people in your life, whether you're looking for it or not. Um, I, yeah. Anyway. I love that, Gordon. I think that's so true. I've, I heard someone give a talk one time where she was like, she said she came to Christ for somebody like miss contextualizing a verse but she was like but it didn't matter because the power of god was greater than her like Mm. context being Mm. wrong because Mm -hmm. that was the thing that drew her in and then she you know learned later that it was wrong (laughs) or not not wrong but yeah like right out of context but um like god will use the our feeble words and our feeble steps you know and it's that's that's the cool thing and i i think i don't know about you but 
I I feel like when the eunuch says, how can I, unless someone guides me, like, so Philip goes to him, he says, do you understand what you're reading? And he says, how can I, unless someone guides me? That to me was so tender in my heart. Like, I think for so long, I was just looking for somebody to help me, to help me understand. I, I wanted to understand. I tried to read the Bible on my own. If anyone's ever done that, you like start in Genesis and then you're like, give up by Exodus and you're like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. And, uh-huh. um, and to have someone, I remember like them pouring into me and discipling me meant so much in my life that it's like, mm. how can I not want to help somebody? Mm. And it's like, am I really good at that? I don't know. But can I sit with somebody and like share the little bit that I know that maybe they don't know? Yes, I can mm-hmm. do that. Yeah. And I just think yeah. about that with this, like, it's so tender. Like, how can I, unless someone guides me? Like, mm-hmm. wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how many people can say that without being like, you know, I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm doing. Like, <laughs> no, yeah. he's not defensive at all. He's truly like, this is, this is important to seek out. And, understand right Right. yeah Yeah. that's uh i I feel like we just kind of answered this question but uh in terms (laughs) of the principles the principles of evangelism what i mean what do you see in that just quickly uh what principles do you see in this passage about evangelism well i think you have to be prepared Mm -hmm. like i think you actually have to know I'm, 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 Sarah, I, I'm totally with you. Like it, you're a little bit of knowledge. You're sitting with somebody, you're definitely giving your knowledge, but it's, it's good to be prepared. Yeah. It's good to know the gospel. It's good to know the old Testament. And it's, so this is just a challenge to me is like, do I know those things well enough that if I got into a situation where I'm waiting on the wave, the wave comes to me, yeah. am I actually prepared to have that conversation? Would I be able to eloquently, uh, talk about the Trinity if that's what that lady wanted to talk about. Now, to your point, the Holy Spirit intervened, Gordon, and gave you the words. But I knew enough. Same, yeah, yeah, you knew enough to be dangerous. <laughs> but I mean, you know, but like the, obviously the Holy Spirit was there and, and met you and, and filled the gaps in and things like that. So, yeah. um, and we're working on her heart. Obviously, her heart was already being prepared to Sarah's point earlier. It was already, Jesus was already doing work in her heart to show up on that street corner and to ask that question of, I just don't understand the Trinity. Anybody can explain that to me. And Gordon, you stepped in and said, yeah, I'll, I will. So, and you could have been quiet and been like, well, I'm yep. not prepared enough Yeah, in mm-hmm. that sense. But yes, that's yeah. true. But, but, but you were prepared enough because you, you know, the gospel and you know that the spirit is with you and he gives, you know, those times where he gives you words and you're like, mm-hmm. what did I just say? Right. Sure. That is so like, it is, it does feel like a miracle. Like you said, Gordon, but yeah. I think you're right, Elliot. Like I tell students all the time, like, do you even know that you have assurance of salvation and there's promises mm-hmm. in the word? Like, do you even know mm-hmm. what the word says? Mm-hmm. And they, you know, they might not. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, let's talk about that because I think it might help us in our daily life. You know, it really matters. Mm-hmm. But also when that time comes and you can share it with somebody, that really yeah. matters too. It's yeah. Good yeah. to have that confidence in what the promises say. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And and you never know where, like, a quick last story from Ireland. So in that same situation, that same day, my other good friend uh, who was there, this this guy from Scotland comes out of the pub that's literally, like, right there on the corner, comes out, listens, gets into a conversation with him, and then he – this guy has been in the pub. He's been in there all day long uh, at this point. He is just – raging mad he's you know he's 
confronting my friend. He's just he's really up in his face. That I, I have a photo somebody took of the interaction. He's got his finger up. He's pointing at him like <gasps> you are wrong. It's, it gets heated. He walks away. Um, the next day we're back there. I can't remember if the next day or two days later. We're back there again. This guy is there again, but this time he shows up. He was not in the pub. He sees my friend. He walks up to him and says, I just wanted to apologize for the, what, the, for the way that I acted yesterday hmm. and, and had a much better conversation with him at that point. And, you know, it's just things like that. You know, Jesus is, Jesus is doing such a good work, and he just calls us to be involved in what he's doing and – uh, yes, like you should be prepared. And both of my friends were very, very prepared in those situations to, to be able to talk specifics about the gospel. But mm. uh, it takes the pressure off. Um, I think yeah. I pre- like f- from evangelism, I, one of the principles I put on myself is like, I got to get out there. I should be more knowledgeable. I should be able to memorize scripture, but I'd be ready to like let these things roll off my tongue. And I'm not that kind of person. I'm terrible at memorization. I'm not good at it. I have a terrible memory. My wife will tell you that. Most of my family will tell you that. <laughs> like, but you know, Jesus, Jesus, uh, Jesus saves the day every time. So, hmm. um, literally, yes, yeah. literally, <laughs> literally. All right. So we're at the end of our time. So last question: What is the Spirit teaching you from this passage? Hmm. First thing is just an observation that I was thinking about this week, and one okay. So I was thinking like, okay, so Joe's not here, but he's a pastor, and we have pastors in our lives, and there's they have such an important place in our lives, right? Shepherding us and giving us the truth through you know different means of teaching us and that kind of thing. Um, but there's something about us being just regular people that other people will listen to us they listen to pastors if that makes sense no like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and um i've talked to pastors before where they're like yeah i don't get invited to too many cocktail parties do you know what i mean like right right (laughs) or i don't get invited to this or that and i'm like oh that's that's that makes me a little sad like for Mm -hmm. them um because if there's anybody who knows how to like have festival joy it's the people who have christ I i should think um but i've just been thinking about that like um so many times I'll hear people say like, oh, I can't do that. Like that's for like the super spiritual person. Like, isn't that what pastors are for or whatever? And I think that's not God's plan for his church. His body is, is for everyone to proclaim Christ and to be a part of this discipleship thing. And so I think the more I think about that, like that's my heart, my heart. I love discipleship. I love meeting with people. And I think it is the ordinary people like us. We are Mm -hmm. just, I mean, we're, we're extraordinary too, because God made us special and all these <laughs> things, but like, you know, we get to participate in this and it's a privilege. And mm. so I just want to invite anyone into that. Like, if you feel not equipped or whatever, like talk 
forgot about it. Ask for help mm-hmm. in that kind of way. But, um, and that's something that I'm just like, okay, well, you know, I'm doing this and like, oh, gosh, I'm not like, God's just done this in my life. Like, it's a beautiful thing. He can do it in all of our lives in different ways and the way, and, and not to compare to anybody else and their ministries and what God's doing through them, but to see like, where am I being led to? Um, it's really fun and it's exciting. So that, that, and then I think just personally, I've been thinking since the past two weeks, really just about this forgiveness aspect of being a believer and living out of that and accepting the forgiveness that I have. Mm. Um, but I like reading this scripture this week made me just want to focus on Jesus, right? Like they're like, we're proclaiming Jesus and mm. his salvation. And I don't, I can't imagine what that was like to go to the people that they despised because there was to share the gospel with them. Right. Like they're like essentially enemies. I, I, I'm guessing and, and neighbors, neighbors and enemies. And to say, you know, I'm loved this much. I want to love you. And I want you to know the love of Christ this much. Um, there's forgiveness in that too. So I think mm. I've been thinking mm-hmm. more about that this week and, um, and we processed it as actually we talked about forgiveness at youth group on Sunday too. And I was like, okay, you're funny, God, this is all happening for a reason. And just realized there are people that I had been, even if it wasn't, I thought I had forgiven. Like it's just continually, like there's this little bitterness there. And I was like, Oh, I need you to help me forgive them again, Lord. Like help me like, like take that out of my heart, you know, on uh, weed that out or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, that's kind of where I'm, being convicted this week and asking the Holy Spirit to help me really live out of that. So, yeah. Love it. Yeah. Love it. The thing that I really enjoyed about this podcast was when he went and go preach the gospel to uh, Samaria and they heard the gospel and they were filled with great joy. Sarah brought that point up. And I, I that's a good thing to think about. Do I have a sense of joy by being uh, a believer, having faith in Christ. Is that, is that joyful for me? Is that something that I, that makes me joyful? Um, I think so often I like, Oh, you know, I didn't get this or I didn't get that or my circumstances are this or that. And like, like, you know, no, uh, my ultimate home is found in heaven. It's not here on this earth. So mm-hmm. yes, I might be missing things that I think I deserve. I'm using air quotes, everybody. Um, you know, <laughs> and the reality is I've already won, right? I've already finished the race. The race has already been won for me actually. And, uh, and I have a place in heaven with Jesus and I will celebrate for eternity with you guys, with other believers and Jesus and uh, that's great joy. And do I count that as joy? Um, mm-hmm. So I just – to be joyful and to have joyfulness and to be cast back to that idea of like remembering the joy you felt the first time you heard the gospel in a, in a clear way that touched your heart and changed you and that you were so joyful that someone had come and paid the ultimate price that you could have eternal life. Mm-hmm. Do I have that? Does that – you know, I just need to think about that and – you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think for myself, um, it's real easy to read something like this and condemn myself 
and be like, wow, I'm just, I'm not, I need to be preaching the gospel more. I need to be more of an evangelist. I need to be more of this. I need to be more of that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. It, it's, it's super easy for me to put all of that on me. Like I've got to take responsibility for this. And yeah, I mean, there's certain aspects. Yes. Like you got to do the good, you got to do the work, right? Um, there's work to be done. There's good work to be done um, get, through get, the power of the Holy Spirit. Hello. Right. Yeah. Get <laughs> and, your and, surfboard out there. Uh, right, right, right. Yeah. And you got to learn, you got to learn how to jump up, you know, you got to pop up off the board and quickly get your balance and then ride that wave. Um, the analogies just keep coming. I know. It's but so ultimately, good. ultimately it's the wave that carries you, right? It's the spirit mm-hmm. of God. It's Jesus that's moving you along. And um, so for me, I, I think I, I need to think less about just um, the task of evangelism and more about the opportunities of evangelism, the opportunities that God puts in my life, the people he puts in my life, to think of each and every opportunity, whether it's a – because believers need to hear the gospel too. Yeah. Right? You know? Um, And to be able to preach the gospel – whether it's to an, a, a brother or sister or an unbeliever, some, somebody who doesn't believe, and be able to just prayerfully uh, look for those opportunities and be ready for those opportunities and just have a more, a more open attitude to those types of opportunities that come up. I just think about Philip and just, you know, this, the Spirit moved him to, to go to Samaria, and then there was an opportunity to leave. I, I mean, there was an opportunity to stay. He could have stayed there, created a huge church. There would have been all kinds of opportunities to, to for, for him in Samaria. But there was an opportunity that God said, now, I need you to go down here. And I've got, I've got this thing I'm doing down here. And he <laughs> said yes um, to that. So yeah, it's kind of where my, my heart and my head is right now. As Surfer Sue would say, hang loose, drink juice. <laughs> sorry we had this lady that taught us how to surf and it was great so hey loose that's awesome <laughs> all right well uh we should pray we should pray um elliot do you want to cl- pr- pray for us absolutely awesome i father god um we're thankful for the chance to get in your word we're thankful for the chance to see um yeah, just to see uh, your heart for everybody, um, not just for a certain community, but you want uh, – you're a jealous God and you want everybody to come to know you and have faith in you. So uh, pray that you give us opportunities to evangelize, um, whether it be the big crowds or a neighbor next door or a coworker or someone we work with. Um, I just pray that you would give us opportunities to, to look like you, Jesus. Allow the Holy Spirit to work in us. Allow the Holy Spirit to, to preach the gospel through us. Help us to be prepared and um, help us to um, take the chances that you provide for us uh, as we're riding that wave that we would, um, as we're waiting for that wave, we'd take that wave and we'd be prepared once that wave comes to, to talk about Jesus with people and to look like Jesus to people. Lord, um, we're thankful for this time and um, we're thankful for the ways in which you've shown up. We pray for our listeners too, that they would hear this and be blessed and be able to think through these things as well. And uh, that give them a heart for evangelism as well, but help us not to be discouraged um, when we don't uh, evangelize or we don't um, 
you know, we're not standing in front of a group of a hundred people telling them about Jesus. It'd help us not to be discouraged in that. Just but help us to still see the, the opportunities and take those opportunities that you provide for us. So, um, yeah, Lord, we're thankful for these stories from Ireland that Gordon's been sharing. And, uh, we're thankful for the fact that the guy outside of the bar, uh, got to hear the gospel and was obviously changed by the gospel in some way, shape or form. We also pray for the, the lady that Gordon interacted with. We pray that she would be changed and moved and that her heart would be uh, one that is turned towards you, Jesus. And because of Gordon's interaction, she'd have an opportunity to, 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 to turn and look at you. And we pray that she is going to church every single Sunday and the gospel has taken hold of her heart and her life and her family. Lord, thanks for dying for us. Thanks for being for us. And thanks for loving us in your holy and precious name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Elliot. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks, guys. This has been great. Until next time.